Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204-571-3354. Hey, great to be a company once again. This is Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible podcast. I know we're still doing this daily. How long will that last? <laughs> I hope for a long time, but you know, you never know. You never know. Uh, listen, uh, it's great to have your company, and thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, today on the show, you know, this is the cool thing about this program. You know, oftentimes you hear people talk in the blind community about different events happening around the world, and people who know about these events talk about them with such passion and such knowledge. And then there's people over here like us. Hello, British people. Uh, we all sit here and go, what was that all that about? You know, like CSUN is a good example of this, right? We we tend not to know a lot about CSUN here in the UK because our big events are Site Village or Texture Pro uh, or maybe even the, the Site City event in Frankfurt if you get to that. I'm certainly going to try and get to that the next time around. Um, but, you know, th there are events going on around the world, great events that are held to raise awareness of accessibility, raise awareness of products for blind people. And one this year, which actually broke off from CSUN uh, back in 2020 when CSUN was an in-person event, and some people thought that was a bit questionable, um, considering the events at the time, uh, was AxCon. This was a, a, a digital accessibility conference that kind of brought together businesses, coders, you know, developers, people who wanted to know about accessibility and find out how they could make their products more accessible. Uh, well, AxCon has kind of gone off on its own and uh, this year had its own virtual event, which was very interesting. And uh, Brian Fischler was one of the attendees. Now, Brian is a New York comedian. He's the host of That Real Blind Tech Show podcast. I know, it's a strange name for a podcast when you think about it, isn't it? Well, he is here with us today to talk uh, all about AxCon and his involvement and a few other topics as well, I'm sure. Uh, Brian, great to have you here on Blind Guy Talks Tech. So happy to be here, Stephen. Congrats on, I guess, the new show and... The whole seven days a week thing. It's I, you taught me. There's seven days in a week. I didn't know that. Well, that's listen. You know, I think us British have been teaching you Americans quite a lot over the past few years. So you know, we continue to educate you. Uh, you can thank us later. That's good. I, you know, I've been listening to a American history podcast. So we kind of schooled <laughs> you guys uh, a couple hundred years ago. I'm up to about uh, episode twenty five of uh, the podcast History That Doesn't Suck, which is a great retelling of uh, american history so uh yeah, yeah. okay maybe, maybe maybe actually now you know i think about it we'll just move on from that comment yeah um yeah it didn't go well for us in, in the end but in saying that you know we did it in typically british fashion we had cups of tea and it was all very nice and you know we all sat down and decided that you know you were going to have your own country and we were just going to leave <laughs> Yeah. And it was that simple, right? It was as simple as that. Um, so you're the host of That Real Blind Tech Show. I have some issues with that name, Brian. Um, well, why? Because uh, <laughs> I think, you know, shouldn't shouldn't we... Who who? What is a real blind tech show? That's what I want to know. What's, what's real about it? Yeah, it's a great question because there's so many other players out there that are all pretending. <laughs> so we needed to keep it real and... No, it's it started as that you know it's a kind of an homage to that '70s show and 
And then we mm. just kind of threw the word real in there, you know, to step it up a notch and everything. And uh, we, we haven't gotten many complaints, though, although we do still get email at thatblindtechshow at gmail.com and thatrealblindtechshow at gmail.com. So, and, and then, of course, on the Twitter, because it was way too long, as you've discovered with your Twitter handle, it's just at blindtechshow. Yeah, it's difficult to get a good Twitter handle, isn't it? Because I found this with... I wanted it to be Blind Guy Talks Tech, and it was too long. Um, the first time in my life that's ever happened. And um, <laughs> and hey uh, so now. I shortened it down. Yeah, there we go. We're off and running. Um, you know but, what was shocking I was able to get on first time, yet I've yet to use it, is voiceover God. Voiceover God? Wow. Yes, yes, yes. So... Uh, I, I am voiceover god, although I've yet to tweet from that. I'm like trying to snap up anything I may want to use down the road. Oh, that's a that's a great one. That's a good one to get. Um, yeah, so we've we've got this all up and running, and you know it's interesting because you and I spoke, I think before we launched this um, at the end of last year, tail end of last year, and uh, we had talked because I was very kindly offered to come on to your show and we had a chance to talk about what was coming up, and I think at that point even I didn't really know what was happening, which is nothing new. And uh, we were kind of getting this set up and, and ready to go, and you very kindly asked me to come on and talk about it, and I was like, mm, okay, fine. And uh, then we did, and I had an absolute ball. So if people haven't listened to it, we'll stick the the link in our show notes so people can I go back and listen to that. I found out the fact that you were having a cocktail while we were doing it, which is totally okay on our show. Several, several. Um, yeah, and that's what probably will get me into a lot of trouble from people who listen to this in the future. Because, you know, that's how it works, Brian. It's not what you say today. It's what you say in five years that matters. And then they'll cancel us. Yes, yes. And you know, I, was, I heard an interesting thing the other day. You know, I worked in comedy as well, or at least I, I was a comedian before the pandemic. I've been on stage once in the last two years. It looks like we may... Hopefully, if things stay the way they are, go back to doing Laugh for Sight here in New York City, which will be our 15th year anniversary. I didn't realize, I was listening to an interview from 2014, and Jerry Seinfeld, uh, they mentioned George Carlin, who died in 2007. So this had to be a while back. And Chris Rock had all stopped doing college shows. Now, they never used the phrase canceled, but they said people were too sensitive and stuff like that, that they just completely stopped. So this... This cancel thing has been around for quite a while. It's just, I guess they finally found a good term for it. I remember as a kid, uh, and probably up to my late 20s, I remember a lot of people always being offended on my behalf about mm. a lot of stuff. And it's interesting when I see this nowadays, it's happening all the time. People are, people are offended on behalf of everything and everyone. And, you know, oftentimes, I mean, it's like the... The, the, the jokes that are made by comedians. By comedians, I mean, you're a comedian, right? You, yeah. you get up on stage, you say something, it's it's going to appeal to some people, it's not going to appeal to others, that's the way it goes, but at the end of the day, it's comedy. You're telling jokes. I, I think it's up to the comedians that are much above my pay grade to kind of roll everything back. I remember right before the pandemic, I did a show, and I was talking about something about women, and this young, young woman, early 20s, comes up to me after the show, talking about, you know, that's because women before my generation didn't do anything. We're fighting back. I said, yeah, Rosa Parks, you know, when she didn't want to go to the back of that bus, yeah, she didn't really do much in everything. And that's my mm -hmm. issue with the younger generation is they fail to see the people that came before them and all the amazing people that have done amazing things. It's like they just want to live in what's happened in the last five minutes. And you have to understand you know, 200 years ago, times were different. You don't cancel it. You learn from it so you don't repeat the same mistakes, in my opinion. 
Yeah, you see, now that used to not be a controversial statement, but it seems to be the, that way nowadays. Not in this podcast, though, because this is uh, this is all common sense around here. That's what we do around here is common sense. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And <laughs> There's I, plenty of choice. I guess the positive, <laughs> if you get canceled, at least you go viral for like five minutes so you can say, hey, I finally went viral, you know? Do you know what that was? The th- I mean, the thing is, when I started my career, I never really wanted to be famous. I just liked the idea of having some cash, not even lots of money, just cash, that I could, you know, buy some gadgets, buy some toys. And then later when I met my wife and we, well, I didn't meet my wife, obviously, because she wasn't my wife at the time, but I met my, uh, <laughs> my future wife and... Um, you know, we got together and we, we, you know, I started thinking about planning for the future and then we wanted to do nice things and go nice holidays. And that's all I've really been interested in, to be perfectly honest. That's the only thing I have interest in. So, you know, if somebody said to me, you know, you can't do this podcast anymore, I'd be pretty annoyed about it. But, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to get to that point where, you know, my um, my health or my... my um, stress levels were through the roof as a result of it, you know. I would just say, I oh, saw it, you know, whatever. But I, I do enjoy what I do, and I know you do too, um, it's which is why you do me. it. It's therapy. Well, that's, that's <laughs> yes, exactly, isn't it? It is, like, it is like therapy because we get a chance to talk with our friends, and our shows are very similar in that way. We're very open, we're very honest, and I think that's the, that's the success part, isn't it, that, you know, just be open and honest, and sometimes that will resonate with people, sometimes it won't. Um, and when you get to the thorny issues, we've talked about a lot in our shows about, for example, uh, we've talked a lot about coping with sight loss and we got a lot of people feeding back to us saying, my God, you're being so open and honest about this. I can't believe it. Um, it's so nice to hear. I mean, one, one comment that really stuck in my mind was someone saying how they had come up after losing their sight, having to deal with technology and hearing other people talk about the challenges that, that we had faced as a team here uh, were, were the same as their fear, fears and, and ch- you know, the same challenges that they had faced. And, and that really helped them understand that, God, I'm, it's okay to feel nervous. It's okay to be worried about it. I mean, you've you've gone through a, a similar experience. You've, you've just learned what JAWS in the last couple of years. You're getting into that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, isn't it, to, to learn all this stuff? But it's um, it's important to acknowledge that. There's so many resources out there right now for the blindness community. It's baffling. I mean, you can't keep up with it all. Mm. And it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I've jumped on Facebook. I have retinitis pigmentosa. And I made the mistake of jumping into one of these RP groups. And I was reading through some of the most recent posts, and it was mostly depressing stuff. I was. It's a good thing I don't live in a Brit, uh, city with a lot of tall bridges. Oh, wait, I do. Oh, and- wait, yes, New York, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, you know, my buddy Ed, my colleague Ed says to me, you know, hey, that was us, you know, 10 years ago. And you, you think back, you're like, yeah, you know, there were those times where I was depressed and I was miserable and everything. But I think a lot of us, event like you and me, eventually we just get to a point, you know, you get people that don't say to you, oh, if I was blind, I could never deal with it. And I don't know what I'd do. And you don't know what you can deal with until it hits you. I like to say uh, everybody, and I'm going to rephrase this because I don't know if I can say it the way I normally say it. Everybody has stuff to deal with in their life, some just heavier than others. And you don't know what anybody's going with behind closed doors and everything. And the fact that we have so many resources such as podcasts and, you know, just seminars and sessions and conferences and everything that's out there right in front of you, if you grasp it, and yeah, you know, there is a learning curve, but once you get past that learning curve, there's so many fantastic resources out there for you to improve your skill set and just improve your quality of life, stuff that wouldn't have been there 20, 25 years ago. 
when you, you just as you said there, you know, you jumped into that RP group and you're thinking, good God, you know, there's so much miserable stuff here. You know, <laughs> people are saying you know, these terrifying things and they're all, you know, everyone seems really depressed. But, you know, that's the thing. This is a journey. The only thing I would say about the social media thing, and I wonder your take on this, is that you know, it kind of ties a little bit back into what we, we said earlier. It can actually be really harmful to people, mm -hmm. I think, sometimes to get themselves locked into these groups. There was a person in the blindness community who I will not name because I don't want to get in trouble. And their tweets were driving me insane. You know, like I was, it wasn't even that I was looking at them on Twitter. I was getting the Twitter notifications. XYZ says, and for some reason it just kept sending me this person's tweets. And my friend Allison finally says to me, well, you know you can unfollow them. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and since I unfollowed that person, life is just so much happier. Because there are people in the blindness community that will just beat you down and tire you out. And there are also people in the blindness community that think they're doing the blind people a service. But they don't realize that their bad, poor behavior in public affects all of us. Because if you berate somebody that's never helped a blind person before well guess what next time they see a blind person that needs help they're gonna be like well, I remember what happened the last time i tried this i'm not trying to help this person and why so is that why is it yeah. that happened why is it that when you know you would never have a situation right and i agree with you you're absolutely bang on the money but it's so ridiculous you know if, if i walked <laughs> if i went out tomorrow and i meet a woman and she's rude to me and she's nasty and she says horrible things. And I come home to my wife and I say, do you know what? You women are all terrible. I will never speak to a woman again, ever. It wouldn't, yeah. it just wouldn't, it, that wouldn't happen. It wouldn't make any sense because immediately someone would say, hang on a minute. You can't say all women are terrible because that's just, that's just nonsense. But for some and reason. true. No. <laughs> well, we just got cancelled. <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. That's it. Just cancel the show there. Um, but I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that. And what would happen is, you, you know, but, but for some reason with blind people, you do get that. You do get that kind of. I remember, I, I always tell this story, Brian, about being at guide dog school. And um, I was 19. And at the class, I remember the, there was only two of us in the class. And we were sitting there one day getting this talk and they told us, you know, you are ambassadors for the charity Guide Dogs, but you're also ambassadors for blind people. And if you do something wrong out there, it will impact on everyone else out there. So, you know, if someone comes up to you, if someone says something to you that's perhaps inappropriate or, you know, maybe touches the dog or pets the dog or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to really consider your response. You shouldn't be shouting at them. You shouldn't be getting angry at them. Because, you know, then they may not help another blind person. And I remember at the time putting my hand up at the age of 19 going, uh, would this make sense if I was a woman or if I was, you know, gay or, you know, think, you know, insert any other thing you can think yeah. of here? And, um, and they're like, no, but it's different for blind people. And it's, it took me a long time to realize the truth of that. I used I to fight it, but I, I think there's a lot of truth to it. I don't know if it's different for blind people. I think... With your w women analogy, we've all obviously met women, unless you're living on a weird island somewhere. Uh, but not everybody's necessarily ever met a blind person in their life and everything. I, you know, I guess I could use the same example. You know, one time I was on the bus and there was a, a individual in a wheelchair, and it was taking forever for that person to get on. Now, did I judge all people in wheelchairs as people that slow the bus down? No. 
But, you know, blind people do get pigeonholed that way and everything. And I don't know what other people on the bus would have thought that of that disabled person as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the other side of it, isn't it? That it, it it doesn't just impact us. It's funny because isn't the whole cancel culture about treating everyone as an individual, yet when it comes to blindness... Oh, that blind person behaved badly. So my, my local bar, in fact, here, you know, when I first moved to this neighborhood about seven years ago, I went in and the owner, who I've become quite friendly with since, told me, like, his first reaction was, oh, God, not another. Because there used to be a blind person that would go to that bar that would drink a little too much, get out of control. So he just assumed all blind people were that way. And he eventually, once we became quite friendly, he told me, you know, I have to apologize. When you first came in here, that was my thought. And I shouldn't have thought that and everything. And it was nice, you know, to hear that. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're all, believe it or not, we're all different just because we have one thing in common, blindness. But they should do a sociological experiment about it. It would definitely be fascinating to learn more about why that is. Isn't it interesting, though, because we also have to accept, and I don't know where you sit on this, but for me... I try to look at things as broadly as possible, right? It's the, it's the ex-journalist in me, right? Look at every possible side of this and, you know, try and figure this out. Okay, so you cannot expect every single person to be aware of every situ- possible situation you can think of, uh, you know, understand where someone else is coming from, understand their feelings, their thoughts, their fears, their challenges. You, you cannot possibly... I, I, my response to someone who was blind who said to me, you know, blind sighted people, you know, they, they, they think they know it all, they don't understand it, they don't ever bother to, to learn about me or, or my life. And my response to that was, yeah, but what do you know about being deaf or being in a wheelchair or living with cancer? How can you speak to that? And if you can't speak to that, which you can't because you don't have any of those conditions or you're not in that situation, then how can you expect someone else to just drop everything and understand you? You know, we need to be a bit more considerate of each other. And I think that's where the temperature comes down a bit. If you can get people to that level where, you know, there's a topic that really irritates me at the moment, and that is identity politics. And it's yeah. coming up all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's everywhere you turn. Everywhere you turn, it's identity politics. Now, you talked about joining that RP group on Facebook. And that is an example of identity politics in a way which I often find can be quite difficult and can be quite challenging for people because what happens is you associate yourself with a group of people and and maybe the Facebook example and, and that those, those particular groups are, are maybe a bad example of it, I don't know. But essentially when you attach yourself to a group and somewhere there's a leader of that group who decides the way that the conversation is going to go, um, people have to follow that. So immediately we have these, you know, succession of little cults going round, um, you know, all running around deciding their own rules and how we say this and how we do that and how we should appear and how we should not appear. And the idea of individual thought goes out the window. The idea of respect for each other goes out the window because we're so focused on our own issues. And, you know, a great example of this, which has come to the fore most recently, is in Ukraine, where, you know, we see people essentially making the situation in Ukraine about them from their vantage point in the US or the UK. And you think it's not about you. (laughs) This is not about you. But they're making it about them because the only way they can see the world is through their own identity, not through the reality that they're in. I'm a strict individualist. I believe if something works for you, 
then screw everybody else. Do it. You know, it works for you. It helps you get through your day. I am not a member of any blind organizations or groups, uh, although I am a fan of that Real Blind Tech Show, so I guess I am a member of that group and everything. Terrible. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible. Although I haven't been out there. <laughs> God knows the last time I've been on that group. And, uh, you know, but Matthew, you, you are correct in saying that the group leader is basically stripping away that individualism from everybody in that group. And you really have to think for yourself. I mean, I think that's what it's all about is thinking for yourself. It's why I simplify things and I divide everybody, no matter race, gender, uh, disability, non-disability, all into two categories, and it's a-holes and non-a-holes. And when you simplify <laughs> it down to that level, it makes life so much easier. You're either an a-hole or a non-a-hole, and I associate with both. I just know that you're an a-hole. <laughs> are you a person with a disability, or are you a disabled person? I don't really give a, you know, <laughs> a flying... <laughs> I was recently asked for a preferred pronoun, and I told them, dude. Yes. They said, what? I said, dude. I I said, they're like, no, it's me. I said, well, no, you see, you can't do that to me. My preferred, you asked me for my preferred pronoun, it's dude. And they're like, okay. So, dude it is. I I listened to you guys talking about that, and the whole preferred pronoun thing, and maybe I'm aging myself here. Now, I get the people doing it. It just, it just, it makes it, it takes, you know, the amount of time that it takes a voiceover reader to read a tweet and all the me, he, her, uh, him, his, hers that have been added onto the, figure that's going to take out a full day of my life eventually from just hearing all those pronouns people have attached onto their Twitter tweets and everything when you read a tweet and, it just annoys me. It just—it's time I'm not going to get back. So I've lost a day in my life thanks to that. But it's—it's it's actually quite dangerous, isn't it? Because in a way, it, it, just, it detracts from the the issues at hand. I, I remember seeing a post. It's VIP, visually impaired person. You better not call me a VIP unless you're pouring me a glass of champagne. And I'm like, really? Are you that thin-skinned? I mean, gosh. I, I miss the days, you know, when we name-calling was a thing. I mean, I loved it as a kid and everything. Because you could take it and you could give it and everything. And, you know, there was no malicious intent behind it. It was just kids being kids. And nowadays, these it's just batty. I mean, it's the world, like, made a wrong left turn somewhere. And, it's, and I get it. It's great to be inclusive. We, as a community, obviously want to be included. But it's gone too far in a lot of ways and everything, in my opinion. And, you know, some of these people that have been exposed for some of their poor behavior, I think it's great. But it's just gone too far overall, in my opinion, where we're attacking every little word that somebody uses and misspeaks. You know, sometimes it comes out accidentally and everything. And as long as it's, you know, not something that's, you know, one of those words you don't use, but... People need to, like, take a breath, relax, and just take a beat, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, the simple way to deal with language is to look at it as a, I think, often directly versus indirectly. So if someone is, is saying the word directly to you that you find offensive, then, you know, you need to deal with that in your own way. You need to decide if that's offensive to you. If it's indirect, as in it's a... Uh, you know, I know lots of people don't like the word crazy anymore because that apparently wow. suggests you're being offensive to people who are mentally ill, um, that, which, of course, the people who are using it in that context are not. And 
hang on, is that maybe the answer to this? Context? Um, that could be. You know, this is why I can't get on board with it. It's really simple. And I don't care the way these words are used, but you know, we you don't use the word yellow, obviously, anymore. You, there are certain mm. words crazy. The R word, you know, is looked But again, that's, that's a direct thing. I mean, this is, again, I think the difference, right? So we, do, we haven't decided the word yellow is inappropriate. We still refer to it as the color of the sun. But it's we the don't, context, yes. It's the, the context. context. But here's my issue with the whole thing. Until you get, and like I said, it doesn't bother me. It's just a point that I'm making. Until you get all of society on board with not using the word blind, like to describe an umpire, or we're going to do this, we're going to cover some things up, and you're going to guess what's covered up, and we're going to call it the blind this and the blind. I don't understand why blindness is the one word that gets a free pass, where, you know, deaf is now hard of hearing and everything. And it does, like I said, it doesn't bother me. It's just something of interest in that I've noticed that. The one word that society seems like they have a free pass and gets to use in any which way they want is blind. And I don't know. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I'm not. Well, again, it depends on the, the context, right? Because, I mean, the word blind has got various meanings. So, you know, I look at the word blind in three parts, you know, and I don't ever, if someone says to me, hey, it's a bit bright in here. Can I close the blinds? I don't, you know, throw my you know, yeah. desk up that, in there well, and say, how word, dare right? you? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different meaning, right? It's, you throw it's, I'm not, no, at them, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, of course, I mean, I'll miss, but, you know, I'll still try. Um, but, you know, the point is that at least, you know, you, you can understand the, the difference. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation, but I think it also dismisses a lot of other potential conversation, and that's what irritates me about it. Here's the thing. Um, let's talk about why we're here. <laughs> because, honestly, I could talk to you all day, Brian. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting because you were at this thing called AxCon. Now, look, I am not going to lie to you. I'm not an expert on anything like this. It's, if the word con is in it, uh, unless it's got air following it, I don't know what it is. So, um, yeah, what is AxCon? Well, first off, I am not a comic book geek or a Star Trek geek. I know you're uh, not a big Star Wars guy, I like the They're original all trying three. to get me into it, Brian. I cannot. Uh, no, I can't nah, do it. Now nah, I have a I have a new rule for movies, pop culture. I'm just sick of it all. No more Star Wars. No more superheroes. I've had enough of it and everything. And um, yeah, it's it's just there's too much of it and everything. But AxCon, yeah, I guess they went with that. You know, I guess the first one would have been Comic Con, and I was not a comic book guy growing up. I had sight as a kid. I was a baseball card guy, so I'd never gotten to comics. I never gotten to the whole thing, but. Yeah, AxCon is put on by DQ Systems, and DQ is doing some fascinating work. Because what DQ Systems does, to my understanding, I don't work for the company, I don't represent the company. You have to have that disclaimer for everything you say nowadays. They basically are consultants where, you know, mid-range to even, I guess, you know, Fortune 500 companies will hire them to train their accessibility department. And, you know, more and more companies obviously are putting a focus and an emphasis on accessibility and universal design. And AxCon will consult with them over best practices and train their staff. So that way they'll have an internal staff to get up to speed. And so AxCon, I guess, you know, with everything that happened with CSUN, because AxCon, from my understanding, used to be a pretty big sponsor of CSUN. And two years ago I was at CSUN and things were not handled the greatest. And I guess... DQ probably felt the same thing and they broke off and started their own conference and it's gotten pretty big. I believe 
They had over 20,000, uh, you know, it's all virtual, completely free online. Anybody could sign up for it. And I believe they said they had over 20,000 attendees and sign-upees, I, I guess, this year. I don't know if everybody attended that signed up. But they are talking about Sir Tim Berners-Lee was the keynotes, one of the main keynote speaker this year. For those of you who are not familiar with him, he's the guy credited with inventing the World Wide Web. He gave us the HTTP. I, I'd like to think he's done more than that, Stephen. I don't know because I don't know his whole history. But mm -hmm. hey, you know, and I don't even think we need to use that anymore, do we? No, so, yeah, exactly. So thanks for nothing, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In I fact, you know, now we've got to put... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just, you know, just just move on now. That's yeah. it. We've we've had... You've had your fun. Um, I mean, I often thought of him like, you know, the guy who invented the first telephone, you know? I just... I don't know. I, I, I don't know what he did necessarily well, or a, how it that's worked. That's a controversial topic because is it Alexander Graham Bell or was it Marconi, I think, the Italian? Oh, uh, well, you know, yeah. I'm Scottish, so it was Alexander Graham Bell, right? Okay. So I'm not interested in facts. As you know, it's all about feelings these days, Brian. So, exactly. you know, I feel that's the right answer. <laughs> I feel you're correct because I can't spell Marconi. I don't know if it's Marconi, Marconi. It's not Italian, all, all I know is I'm getting hungry. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Is that a topping for pizza, Marco? <laughs> <laughs> but now getting back to AxCon. They, so AxCon, and they had just a wealth of talent speaking at this year. Now, I didn't attend a ton of, I, you know, I can only take so much because so much of this stuff goes over my head. So it's there <laughs> for us to learn about. But it's best practices for universal design, a lot of, WCAG and the way the web is evolving and it's all about accessibility and accessible design making your website accessible hey ding 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 no uh, overlay companies were present That's oh <laughs> interesting right okay yeah well we did we didn't name them in case they uh, turned lit litigious on us yeah. um, but you know who you are out there uh, so okay but well, with all that in mind why the hell were you invited it's kind of like the plot to Die Hard. I think I was invited by mistake, you know? <laughs> like, well, why am I come... here? Yeah, how, how did it come about? What happened? So, I, uh, if you follow me on social media, you know that I blast companies for accessibility. Well, before I was big on Twitter, I used to do that with email. And, and this is something I've always advised people in the community to do. If there's an app or a website and you're really passionate about it where you want to be involved or play, you know, obviously not everything, in my opinion, can be made accessible, but most things can, reach out to the developers. Developers want to hear from you 90% of the time. I'm not going to get into the 10% of companies who I have a list of where I'm like, you just made the list, buddy. But mm. they want to hear from you. So going back, I have, you know, before I went blind, I was a huge sports guy. I played baseball, football, and soccer. Big Yankee, Florida Gator fan. And in the late 90s, something popped up in this country, and uh, fantasy football. And football is king in this country, like soccer or football is king in your country. And it's just exploded. It started out as something we used to do on paper, and it's just this mindless thing where it's the world's greatest waste of time fantasy sports, but wow, is it a lot of fun. So about, uh, let's see, about 10, 12 years ago, um, when I lost my total vision, 
everything had moved online, you know, Y2K didn't let us stay, you know, it, we were very disappointed by it. You know, all the computers kept working and everything. And Yahoo, uh, you have three big main fantasy apps, two of them companies with uh, letters, mostly inaccessible still to this day. Yahoo's app at first was very accessible, but it wasn't fully accessible. So I shot over some emails uh, to the accessibility team. Yahoo has an accessibility lab, and they put me in touch with some of the development team there. And we had a back and forth, like, oh, how can we fix this? And I'm like, well, I think if you do that. I, you know, I learned apps, and I've learned web design, I've learned some coding, and as the years have fast-forwarded, I've gotten into accessible design and consulting with companies on best practices myself, and it was just dumb luck that I got in touch with the right person at Yahoo, and in 2014, Yahoo decided to build their app from the ground up, and I, you know, emailed them in, you know, hey... This was accessible. Let's make sure that it still is. Well, the day it came out, sure enough, they broke accessibility. And I wrote a very lengthy email to my contact at Yahoo that was polite, but it was scathing. And, you know, we normally, I'm sure you've emailed Apple before. We're aware of the issue, but we can't comment it or say when we're going to have a fix for it. That wasn't the email I got back. I got back a very lengthy apologetic email where at Yahoo, accessibility is something we take quite serious. In our rush to get this out, some steps had been passed over. You know, they were getting this out to the sighted community. Obviously, they've got millions, if not billions of customers that play Yahoo Fantasy. Now that I know the higher ups, I've asked, although they haven't told me, do you make hundreds of millions from it or billions? That's how many people are playing fantasy football. They did not answer. So I was pretty upset. I got depressed, you know, but within weeks, Yahoo had a lot of their accessibility fixes fixed. So over the years, I've been going back and forth with their entire accessibility team, making sure that things are accessible. And, you know, you have so many moving parts because, Stephen, I know I've been rambling here. How much do you know about fantasy sports? Anything at all or no? Well, here's what I know about fantasy sports, uh, that there's uh, sports involved and that there's some kind of fantasy uh, around them. Uh, does, does that answer that question? That's that's uh, that's a good start and everything. So basically, no matter what your sport, football, baseball, hockey, soccer, you're basically drafting a team of players from all the players in the league. So you can draft your favorite players and everything. You've got so many different styles of league with different scoring. They have everything from free leagues all the way up into the several thousand dollars and everything. And you have different stages. So the first thing is the draft. And the thing about the draft and why so many other companies' apps are not accessible is you have so many moving parts during the draft. And the draft is when you get together with the other members of your league. It takes place normally over one night and you draft your team for that sport. And then you go into the regular season. You could add and pick up players, that sort of thing. You could trade players with other members in your league. The thing that people love about it, obviously fantasy football is the most popular game in this country. The thing that people love about it is the camaraderie and the competition that it brings out in everybody. It's probably 60% luck, 40% skill. And about six years ago, while I was at AxCon, we started the All-Blind Fantasy Football League. And we got a group of 12 people together. Now, some of the names have changed since we started the league. Some people have been in it since the beginning. 
And we've just been playing fantasy football. And I happened to go, I was brought into Yahoo when they were owned by Verizon Media for their client appreciation day. I don't remember the exact name of the thing. And I got to speak with the CEO of Verizon Media. And I put the I put his feet to the fires, kind of grilling him about accessibility and not realizing I was on camera. And it caught a lot of people's attention at the company because the it was basically here in New York and it was an internal thing. It was, but it was being streamed in New York, uh, I believe, Seattle, as well as Korea. And it, I, they learned about the All-Blind Fantasy Football League, and they wanted to do something. And we started out with a case study where we had a member of the Yahoo team who uh, is also visually impaired join the league. And she did a case study about you know the issues we would run into each week with accessibility. And they really put even a bigger focus on accessibility. I mean, Yahoo is quite committed to accessibility. Their belief is now born accessible, meaning the, from day one, the product should be accessible. Obviously, things pop up, but you need to get those things fixed that popped up, and they want things to stay accessible. That's the toughest thing I have, Stephen, and you've probably run into this, is explaining to friends of mine, you know, just because an app works today doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's the biggest problem is that one one change can do it. And we've seen this time and time again with apps and services. Uh, I'll be honest, this, this is why I love doing this show, because I get to learn about things I have no idea about. I had no idea, for example, that Yahoo is still a thing. Um, and second, That's another thing, people. <laughs> Yahoo? Really? You work with Yahoo? You're going to tell me next that you've got Bebo and MySpace uh, involved as well. Um, but... Yeah. <laughs> But no, seriously, I mean, I, I didn't realize that Yahoo did all this stuff. And, you know, that's amazing. And, you know, I mean, what, whether I'm into fantasy football is irrelevant, right? But the point is that something like that is about, like, all these games, like, whatever it is, whether it's me driving my little truck and my, you know, game, uh, you know, sometimes I'll jump on and there's, like, a multiplayer thing. You can go on to, like, a convoy and you can talk to other people who are driving their trucks. And, you know, some people look at you like you're sad and other people go... Well, you know, it's like, but it's our, that's our thing. You don't and wear like a weird hat or anything while you're doing it, like conductor's hat or anything. I, I will say that I did once, because uh, I've got my steering wheel, right? So I've got my steering wheel, I've got my pedals, and uh, I'm driving along. And what I did was I pretended that the right window was open. I, put, I turned the fan on to give me the impression that, <laughs> you know, there was wind blowing in my hair. You know, that, that's yeah. about the closest it got to, you know, kind of in my head thinking I was, it was in reality. But do you know what was cool? It was like a community thing. And you could talk yeah. to people about stuff. And, you know, they, they were fascinated by the fact that I was a blind guy who drove trucks. They just found this hilarious because that was my name on there. And, um, you know, people thought this was funny. They had a good conversation. And I think they even learned one or two things as well. Um, Are that you wasn't what it was blind like. trucker 64 on Twitter? Is that you? That's not me. No, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I haven't got I haven't got a pseudonym on any other network bar this one. And I'm not even telling you what it is. But it's, um, although most people probably can work it out for themselves. But it just it's about community, right? And and being part of that. And it's not even, I mean, like fantasy football, right? It's not about sight loss or blindness. It's just... It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. No, but you can, you can, you're on the same regular. level with everyone else when you're playing these games. And the accessibility at the core of it is the key to giving you the access and giving you the inclusion. I was in eight fantasy football leagues this year. And, you know, we have the only one with blind people was the all-blind fantasy football league. The rest of my leagues is with people I went to high school and college with, 
And it's so great because when I win, because I normally win because I'm pretty good at it, I say, do you realize you just got beat by a blind dude? And <laughs> I like to flaunt it and everything. But we did something spectacular this September. Yahoo, there's 12 people in our league, and we will probably be launching a second league. We've had a lot of interest and in, in people wanting to get into the league because you can only have so many teams in a league before it dilutes and everything. So 12 is the perfect number for football. Uh, we shot the all-blind fantasy football mini-documentary where Yahoo got us all together. <laughs> the rest of the league was a little annoyed because I was like, guys, do you realize that I kind of talked them in? We were, we were originally going to film it in Malibu, California, which is gorgeous. And I kind of said, you know what, uh, why don't we film in New York? Because I was a little freaked out about getting on the plane at the time when we did mm. this. And the rest of the league was like, really? We could have been in a beach house in Malibu? I said, hey. I gave everybody the option, New York or California. You were all fine with, you know, filming in, in either location. We had a couple of members of the league that weren't comfortable with traveling, so they were not featured in the documentary. But it was great because it showed, and it's approaching a million views now. It's still up on YouTube. If you go, it's all over Yahoo, and they've been, you know, advertising it on a lot of their channels, and they told me recently it's approaching a million views. But it showed us doing our draft and doing the same thing and it's basically we enjoy fantasy football too and we just want to be part of the conversation and the purpose of the documentary was to show companies why it is important for them to make their app accessible you know it's yeah. something as mindless as fantasy football you know we're not talking about solving the world's issues here or anything but it's just fun and it's like i said it brings out we had people that were in the league for the first time this year, and uh, you're like, well, I don't know how big into it I'm going to get. Well, just try it. I think the first week, you know, the guy's making waiver wire moves, and he's texting me, I'm making waiver wire moves at the office. This is awesome. And you have it all in the power of your hand and everything. And it's there are a lot of other fantasy companies out there, and gambling is now becoming pretty big as they're legalizing it in a lot of states in this country. And none of these sports apps are fully accessible like Yahoo Fantasy and Yahoo Sports. So Yahoo has really done a great thing here. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have commented, wow, I never knew that. I was playing on, you know, this other company's server where they've yet to make their draft accessible. I'm going to see if my league will switch over to Yahoo where, you know, everything is fully accessible. That's just amazing. I mean, I think a lot of people will be listening today going, I didn't know that was an option for me. Uh, and a yeah. lot of people want to do that, you know. I mean, it's it's not for everybody, but then that's not the point. The point is that what it shows is what's possible. And it just takes, I think it takes a lot of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but obviously there's, there's money to be made here, right? Companies can make money. Yes and no. They're not making any money from the Blind Fantasy Football League because it's a completely free league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They have their advertisements, obviously, on pages and stuff like that. It really comes down to having the right person at the company. And I really have to give credit to Larry Goldberg, who's had a great career in accessibility. You know, he was at WGBH. He was at the White House when they signed the 21st Century Communications Act into effect. And Larry is the global head of accessibility for yahoo and everything and he's the one that has spearheaded a lot of this and it's getting the in touch with the right person and that right person having the belief that their product no matter what it is game should be accessible to everyone it's just good business practice you know our money's just as green as everybody else's at least in this country what color is your money do you know um well in scotland we have uh, i think we've got blue money and i think there's uh i think there's some green Ooh. money 
I mean, I'm yeah. colorblind, so what do I know, right? I mean, I just... And you know, I pay by Apple Pay, so I don't care. <laughs> exactly, so... No actual yeah. cash anymore, are you kidding? What is this, the 80s? <laughs> 1800s, exactly. But, uh... <laughs> you don't still use cash in New York, do you? Surely you've moved on uh, from I that. Have, uh, my, I have uh, Fluff and Fold, where they come to pick up my laundry, and they take it, and they bring it back. Oh, it's the greatest thing ever, and they only take cash, and... My barber, he only takes cash. So there are a couple yeah. of things that, uh, yeah. But it's been great hearing you talk about this. Are you going to do more at XCON now as a result of this? Because you sound like you're quite embedded in with the work they're doing now. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see what we have coming up and everything. We, we spoke at SciTech Global. Uh, we also had one of the uh, engineers, developers, product team managers on from Yahoo with us during our presentation. If you're looking to check out anything from AxCon, I believe you could still register for the conference up, and I think you could go watch any um, of the presentations from Jenna Lee Fleury from Microsoft was there up until April 14th and everything. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we're going to be doing. You know, we like to obviously just spread the word about the accessibility, the mini documentary, and the main message that we wanted to get across, and I'll just sum it up here, is reach out to developers, you know, mm. be nice until it's time not to be nice and email them, you know, most apps or whatever they have, you know, a place to contact them. Developers want to hear from you. And, and one of the coolest things I heard from some of the accessibility team at Yahoo, they never really got to see the product in action. So they love the document. You know, it's a five minute documentary. They love the mini documentary because they were able to see all these accessibility features that they're constantly working on and building into the app in action with real customers using it. And they were just blown away from it. In fact, the gentleman that I had initially reached out to about eight, 10 years ago, Yahoo is no longer there. Larry tracked him down through LinkedIn and he remembered the email exchange and he couldn't believe that we had just made a documentary about the accessibility and, and where we are, you know, 10 years later after all this began and everything. So if there's something you're passionate about and you really want to partake in, you know, keep hitting up those developers and everything. Explain to them. Not all companies are as forward-thinking as Yahoo, but you'll be surprised. Listen, it's, it's been great having you on, Brian. And listen, I, I must also say you're the guy who I've been crediting a lot, as you know, with being the reason I can now use my Mac properly with this numpad commander. Everyone's like, oh, my God, if I hear one more thing about this numpad commander... But honestly, this is just such a brilliant feature. And, you know, it's thanks to you that I learned it. Uh, so thank you for that, because it was a brilliant demonstration on that Rubeline Tech Show, which I encourage everybody to go and listen to. Go and listen to anyway, irrespective of that. You, there's plenty of good chats to listen to. And if you enjoy the conversation here and you enjoy the way we do what we do, you'll love what they do. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun like you guys do. And it's working with people you like and you have a good time with. And uh, that numpad was something I had wanted to do for like two years, and I just finally got the time and uh, appreciate you mentioning it and everything and just getting the word out there because I, I've had, you know, advanced Mac users say, you know, I just never knew about the numpad and that, that it was there. And, you know, it'll definitely speed up your workflow and everything. And, um, yeah, that, that was uh, that was I was surprised, you know. And then we had somebody write in, and I had to go back and do a keyboard commander, which... <laughs> You know, it's not as advanced, but it, it was for, you know, because not everybody is as advanced as you and me in doing stuff and, you know, just simplify it because we've got people that at all levels listening to the show and everything. So well, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and congratulations to you guys. Uh, 
you, Tim, Sean, Robin, and uh, is it, I always wonder, is it because the way you introduce is it Mark or Marco? Oh, well, so, so Mark does the Double Tap stuff with me. So he does Double oh, Tap TV okay. and Double Tap Canada and all yeah. the other guys and Sally as well. She's also part Sally, of the, yes, the show of here. Sally. I know they all merge into one. She's a singer, I believe, right? She she's is. She, she can't. She doesn't sing on our show, but that's that's because then we've got to pay rights, you see. So unless she's ah. written it herself, she can't sing it until someone yeah. can tell me how this internet thing works so we don't have to pay for music. Yeah, we're kind of like... Uh underneath the radar with that and everything so yeah. until somebody tells me to stop and hits us with a letter or something we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing but you guys keep up the great work and getting all that great information and you know that's the thing you know people are like oh well you have your own show why do you listen to well because i don't know everything out there and it's amazing how much i've learned from your show whether it's double tap going back to rnib or what you're doing now and it's just fascinating you know and, and I like being able to get in touch with people like yourself and other people doing the blind tech shows. And I think we've got a pretty cool community here out there on the uh, interwebby thing there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on to the show and giving me uh, quite a lot of your time today. Thanks for having me, man. Best of luck with the show. Such a cool guy. Thank you, Brian, for uh, coming on. It has been uh, quite a conversation today on Black Eye Talks Tech. You know, you'd think that was a weekend edition, wouldn't you? Well, the good news is you've still got two weekend editions to go. Yep, two brand new shiny episodes coming your way. Uh, joining us tomorrow, of course, the whole team back together again. Hopefully, hopefully, unless uh, some disaster gets in the way of us getting together again. Uh, but hopefully uh, we'll all be together for lots of conversation and your feedback tomorrow. Catch you then. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.